You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Hi, boys. Big week. I don't know if I've ever felt this bad coming out of going two out of three for a week. Two wins, one loss. It, but it feels it feels like we're like mourning this team right now. The goal differential for this for this week was one. One. We were plus one for the week. This like team won five out of seven. Yeah. I, it doesn't make sense right now. Like looking at what this team is doing, where we're at, and the feeling around this team, just awful. And then right before we go to record, we get two bits of shit news. One, Marshawn's suspended for three games. Our best player and the only reason we won the Canucks game. Yep. And then two, not super surprising, but Jake DeBrusque asks for a trade. So let's start with DeBrusque. Mm -hmm. Ian, I know you have thoughts. What was your initial reaction when you heard that DeBrus had asked for a trade over the weekend? Really tough disappointment. I, everybody, I think everybody on this podcast likes DeBrusque. We like the potential he has. We like him as a person. I mean, you can say what you want about him on the ice, off the ice. The guy is absolutely a fan favorite. He meets everybody, he smiles everybody, he's joking with everybody. I'm bummed. It's been a long time since a Bruin went, hey, I don't want to be here. Right. Like that stings. And that's not something I always look at the player and go, well, fuck off then. Because I know, look, I get that feeling. And I know that there are people who feel like that. Some people close to the pod feel like that. But there's also that feeling of like, okay, we have done kind of wrong by you in certain situations. I think we can all agree with that. It's a bummer. It's a bummer to see a player say, I don't want to play for your organization. Especially some, especially a player who has become like, you can say what you want about the 2015 draft of how of how um, polarizing it is, but he's become a bit of a fan favorite. He's he's just, he seems like just a genuinely good person, a genuinely good dude. But there is something seriously disconnected between him and front office and the coaching, and it sucks. I think we all I think we all knew this as Thomas said, to lead us in, this wasn't surprising. Like we knew this was going to come to a head at some point. I just didn't expect it to be so soon. Right. Here's my frustration too. And when I say the organization maybe hasn't done all that right by him, the past couple of years, we've talked about how much the pandemic affects everybody, right? He's barely seen his family, especially during the seasons. It's the bubble play. It hasn't been fun. It hasn't been as much fun to play hockey. I know they're making millions, but it hasn't been as much fun as it used to be, right? He loves the game. We put him on his off wing, and then we shifted him in the lines, and then we shifted his line mates, 
and then we put him back on the strong wing, but then dropped him down to the fourth and then up to the third. Then we tossed him on the second for a shift. Hey, how about right wing on the top line for three games and then back down to the third? The guy hasn't had consistency for years. And then all of a sudden this year, all right, great. Here's a little bit of consistency. And he can't get it going right out of the gate. And he's not, he's working with new teammates again. <laughs> how uh, we have not been sold on. His right wing keeps changing. I thought Howell and him looked decent for, you know, a handful of games. But the guy just has never gotten the consistency. I just, I get it. I get why he's frustrated. And he's a 24-year-old guy who's, this is his career. And he's not happy. He's definitely at a cross. He's definitely at a crossroads to his career for sure. Because that qualifying offer is looming very, very large too. Wouldn't you also like the choice to, you're not happy in your career, just go, all right, I, I will move on. And it's really hard to do. You know, this guy loves some of the guys in the room, if not all of them. That's got to be really hard to do. Mm-hmm. This is disappointing is the absolute word to use for this kind of situation. I think you're you're on to something as far as the idea of him being bounced around and not having a lot of consistency with the guys around him or the amount of playing time he's getting. Uh, this comes back to the way that Bruce Cassidy shuffles lines. You know, like Bruce Cassidy does a lot of tinkering. Some guys it works. Like it'll it'll work for some dudes. It doesn't seem to have worked for Jake DeBrusque because he has been on a downslide for about two and a half years now. And this is kind of where it's all coming to a head. Uh, reports say that he hasn't been happy for a little bit of time here and that this has been grumbled about behind the scenes, in the locker room, in the front office, whatever. It, it doesn't come as a surprise to me because it's very clear when Cassidy doesn't like a dude. And I don't want to say doesn't like, but doesn't know how to use a dude or doesn't know how to motivate a dude because I think we're all in agreement, and then this fan base should all be in agreement that a big thing of Jake DeBrusque is engagement, motivation. I think that's, I think the third one is the closest one to what you were saying. I don't think yeah. Cassidy knows how to get through to him. Yeah. And this has been coming really the front office knew about this from the moment where Cassidy said me and Jake sat down on the exit interviews. We had a really long conversation with that being said, do you guys think it was the right decision to keep him, to let him try to build up his own trade value to try to keep him until the trade deadline? Or do you think that we should have moved on in the off season? I, I mean, his value this offseason was nothing. We've talked about it so many times. His fan base has established that on Twitter. You either love mm-hmm. Jake DeBrusque and you're like fangirling about the dude, or you're just willing to just call him out and be like, we, des- we expect better from him and this organization deserves better than mm-hmm. him because mm-hmm. he's shown us he's capable of doing it, but not on a regular basis. You know what I mean? So the idea of trading him this past offseason, I don't know what you would have gotten for him that would have satisfied this fan base yeah so give him a couple of weeks let's see him build his value honestly the first like week or two out of the gate dude looked good great he looked like he was turning the corner and and then something happened maybe it was just a conversation that rubbed somebody the wrong way and all of a sudden this dude's sitting on the ninth floor and here we are it is not easy to score 70 goals in this league 70 140 points. 140 points over five years. Is that a, a all-star player? No. But Top it's 20 not, in the draft class, though. 
right? The, the, the potential was absolutely there. Do you know how hard it is to move on from a guy like that? Like to just go, all right, well, maybe it's just not, maybe now's the time to sell. You wanted him so badly to work out. Look, maybe this isn't going to go our way. We'll see what happens. I don't think the return is going to be anything decent. But at the end of the day, you got to kind of admit there's a reason we held on. It wasn't stupid. Maybe it wasn't the right choice. But the way I see it at the time of making that decision made all the sense to me, all the sense mm-hmm. of the world. Yeah. Saying that it wasn't the right choice, though, is like is like making the decision in hindsight. You know what I mean? Right. It's like and that's you, fine. If, yeah. it, if it wasn't the right choice, it wasn't the right choice. We can live with that. Yeah. But at least, at least you know why they did it. It's not like a front office, the moment it signs, it trades for Duncan Keith, you go, what the fuck was that? <laughs> this was a legitimate, thought-out process that they tried. And it doesn't seem to have worked. Yeah. Ian already kind of just answered my next question. Uh, but I'll go ahead and pose it to Andrew. I don't want to sit here and speculate on what we think the return is. Oh, Lord. But... Do you think they have the ability to get a good return or is it only going to be a negative return here? I wouldn't say a negative return. Um, I think it's entirely possible. We get a, my problem for your problem type of deal. Yeah. Mm. Um, Which is unfortunate because I still don't see DeBrusque as a problem necessarily. mm -hmm. And when you use that word, it sounds like we're getting like a malcontent or we're getting uh, somebody who is, had off the off ice issues and whatnot. Uh, Debrus- Debrusque, uh, yeah, and, and no, I don't even want to say his name. <laughs> on this Shut the door. <laughs> but yeah, like it, obviously, Debrusque asking for a trade is arguably an, an issue because it. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and say that we're going to get this bad boy for our bad boy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the mo the, the best the best you can hope for is a young guy who's not working out somewhere else um maybe not my problem for your problem but my my um not weeks my not what we expected for your not what you expected like there's a there's a guy i saw ian was uh engaging on twitter earlier and a name that popped up that i'm not super high on but he's had success in the past he's only 22 years old and he plays for anaheim uh maxime comtois uh, is that how you say that name? Oh yes. my God. I kept reading it going, nope, we better not talk about him. Comtois. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, you go ahead. Tell us about Comtois. <laughs> 22 years old, big bodied left winger, play the bottom six, has scored in the NHL, has put up um, some numbers. Very young guy. I believe he's a former first round pick. Um, if, if I remember correctly, I'm, I can't, I don't have, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I think he's a former first round pick. Some people, somebody will definitely correct me, but, but only he's been scratched a few times already this year. One assist in 13 games. He was second Maybe. round pick. By the second way. round pick. Okay. Yeah. So something, something like that. A win for us would be a guy that has a higher ceiling than DeBrusque and we just roll the dice. Right. Mm-hmm. Or we try to package it together for a impactful guy. Phil Kessel? I knew one of you assholes was going to say it. I knew it. And we're going to just glance past this. I do love me some Phil the Thrill hot. For the record, I don't want him. I just Uh, didn't know if you were going to go there. I would make so many memes, though. I'd really enjoy that. But like, if (laughs) you could get a guy, if you could get a guy like Ellie Tolvanen, 
who's 22 in Nashville, six points, I think, through 21 games. <laughs> He's struggled up and down with them. Um, he has flashes. That is the kind of guy that I think Tolvanen is 22, obviously. His ceiling's higher. DeBrus probably doesn't get that done. But that's the kind of situation if I'm uh, Sweeney, I'm looking at. I'm looking for somebody with a higher ceiling that maybe we can we can squeeze an asset out of. I don't I don't know if best case scenario is a one for one with with the high window. I understand where you're coming from, but that also really fucking hangs this front office, particular uh, particularly Don Sweeney, out to dry if it fails again. You know what I mean? So I think the best case scenario and what the front office should really look at is the idea of packaging. Put together the best possible package. I don't know what else that in, involves, and and I don't even want to speculate because this news is so so fresh. I have a feeling that this is going to be more of a topic that we can dive into a little bit deeper with speculation next week. But it's this is not ideal. Uh, it's I don't like the timing necessarily. I don't like the fact that it's kind of out and not only out but being acknowledged by Cam Neely. Uh, I was hoping that this could potentially be something that got dragged into the deadline. And uh, because this, honestly, all this does is hurt his value a little bit more because it's like, okay, this kid wants out. The team has to be motivated to move him. Cam Neely saying it kind of made it even more real, you know? Yeah. 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 I think, I think the other teams could pick up on whether or not it was real on this one. And they leaked it, if you can call it leaking it, but the agent had made the call to kind of get this out to make sure that, all right, look, you've known for months, you haven't moved him. We've bought into your plan to raise his value. You haven't moved him and his value isn't up. Get it done. He doesn't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you leak it knowing that, yeah, his value is going to go down, but you guys are going to be kind of forced to make more moves here yep. or other teams are going to come calling more. Yeah. If anything. Well, I, I, and I think that's an important distinction. It was the agent that decided to bring it out. Yeah. It wasn't like this rogue media member. It wasn't Joe Haggerty with this scoop of the century type shit. <laughs> and it wasn't the team just announcing like, oh, this guy said this. You know, it came which from I the Which I never agent, understand why teams do that. Which it's is, just, yeah, exactly. I don't get that. No. But I think I would have felt better about it if Hags had announced it. I wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> uh, I'd be like, oh, that's just him. That's just him throwing his meal at the wall. I thought See, you were going to say wait around and <laughs> <laughs> the boom. I oh, almost no, did. I almost did. <laughs> we, we can't do it. Come on. That's low hanging fruit. That's not fair. Army Bear just texted me a bunch of a names. A full list, dude. Yeah. He put it on Twitter. Army Bear put up every name we could possibly. Ellie was on there. So great. So was uh, Comtois. There you go. Uh, a full list of players that we could talk about. And you know what? I'm going to go through that list. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a look at some of these guys. There was actually, there was actually one name that I, that I would not absolutely hate that he put up there. Like some of the names, some of the names that he put up there, I was like, okay, calm down. But there was one name up at top, up at the top. Dylan Strom. Yeah. I saw a couple of people post about that actually. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I, I need to dive into Strom's season a little more. Um, there isn't the much to dive into. <laughs> well, so I need to see some more because I have not been able to watch as much as I want to of other teams this year. I need to watch these guys on the ice. I need to watch shifts. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, obviously, I'm not making the trade or am I? But 
I like you Don Sweeney? well, well informed in the moment they make this stuff. So I, I have to make sure I'm actually looking at shifts, not just box scores, because right. we know too many people just do the box score thing and go, hey, I know everything about this player. Nick you know Ritchie has three points in 22 games. <laughs> I know everything about Nick Ritchie. That's fine. <laughs> you know who doesn't make informed decisions? Oh, Jim Benning. You're so good at that. <laughs> the fucking NHL Department of Player Safety. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Thomas, understand. You're a master look, of that shit. <laughs> look, here's the deal. Was it a slew foot? Yes. Yes, by definition, yes. Did Did he deserve a suspension? I would have eh. said one game is kind of what I expected after watching that. Mm-hmm. But the precedent had been set this season and prior that it's just a finable offense at this point. Here Marchand is getting three games thrown at him. This is our most important player, and this is why it hurts. This is why it's polarizing right now. I don't want to sit here and just harp on P.K. Subban and, well, he doesn't, blah, 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 or sit here and be like, he's getting punished because of his history and all that shit. It is what it is. It was yeah. a slew foot. We, we can't sit here and deny it. We can sit here and complain about the consistency. This needs to be... This needs to be a, a precedent setter. I need to see this as a rule going forward. Three games is what you're getting for that type of a play. These kind of things can't be judgment calls. No, it really shouldn't. And honestly, I don't understand how it is. Yeah, I would challenge it. I just I, I don't understand watching that replay and bias. Sure. Watch that replay a hundred times and you go, wait, that is three games. And I mean, you could go into that challenge hearing. And you and it's only three games, so maybe the challenge hearing doesn't really get you that much back. Gets you two. You 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 bring in all of the footage from other players in the league. Be like, what are we doing? Why are you picking on me? It has been over three years. I'm not a repeat offender. It's been eighteen months. Eighteen months is the limit, but it has been over three years for Martian. Why are they picking on him like this? I just want to point out that the slew foot that ended Sammy Blaze season got a five thousand dollar fine. Right. The maximum Fuck. allowed by right the off, <laughs> which is absurd, too. And now Marshy loses 90 grand or something like that yeah. because it's three games. Uh, not that that really probably matters to him all that much. And it goes to player safety and all that, the, like the good stuff or concussion mm-hmm. research. But I, I can't I just I think it's boiling down to the Panarin stuff and the league is just being like, hey, you know what? We couldn't really punish you for what was potentially said the fucking journalism on this moment. Sorry. So to back up Panarin throws a glove at Marshand. Marshand was saying stuff to him between the benches. And he said something in Russian. Panarin said himself that he did not know what Marshand was saying in English, but he had heard something in Russian that he felt crossed the line. So the first report by Arthur Staple at the athletic is these were xenophobic comments. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you don't know what was said. Like, let's not just immediately start this kind of, of, of just triggering at something we don't know yet. That's not good journalism. I, I, I was really frustrated by that. I did sort of jump on that saying that if, if, Mar- if the reports had been true and Marshawn did say something about Panarin's family, considering Panarin's history last year, that it's not that it was not okay. That's what that sounded like. But as right. more, I'd be livid. I would yeah, totally agree. Sure, with all day. Sure. The speculation, though. Yeah, but, but that wasn't the exactly. quote that came out. You know, exactly. Like, no, that exactly. Wasn't the quote that came out. 
Exactly. Cause that would, that was staple inferred that. And then other things came out after staples report saying, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. So I don't know. I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is a makeup call. <laughs> a player safety makeup fine. So I mean, whatever. I mean, on brand, would it not be? It would be. Yeah. It would be yeah. If it is, if it is like double fuck you to the NHL for that. Yeah. Yeah. And let me be perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. If Marshan did say xenophobic shit, I absolutely am not going to defend any of that. No. I and just I don't didn't th- like I don't think he would either. I don't think so. You know? He's a very he's a family guy himself. And yeah. I know he crosses a line sharp but, sometimes. But, but also Staple needs to be called out for That was bad reporting. It was, it was bad journalism. It was all it was, conjecture. Yeah. It was not good. And I was really frustrated because there's a lot of people at the athletic, him included, that I really respect. Mm-hmm. Did not like the way he did that at all. No. Nope. No. Nope. Uh, so maybe this three game suspension is is compounding on that mm-hmm. because the the replay of it is not three games. That's but not. here's the problem with that. If that's the case, that's the case. But now you've established Slewfoot, three games. You have to let that be the standard setter. So the next Slewfoot we see, which no doubt will be in the next two, three, four weeks. Yeah. Better be probably, three games. Yeah, it better be three games. And if it's not fucking three games, then we go right back to the argument of why the DOPS is so broken because it's inconsistent nonsense 90% of the time. So we've, it does we've, feel like all a in the favorites too. Yeah. Yeah. We've gone through, I think ever since the department of player safety was established, I believe we've gone through four people who run it. It was Campbell, Kintal. Campbell had a little bit of controversy in there too. Sure he did. Absolutely. <laughs> Kintal. 2011 baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna piss some people off anyway keep going no no yeah that that stays in the pod it was campbell Kintal. no actually i think it was just three campbell Kintal, and paros yeah and nothing has changed maybe oh no campbell Kintal, shanahan and paros yes that's right that's right yeah so and it's been the same thing as for all four of them. So now please explain to me what the what what does the head of Department of Player Safety do when they're all doing the same thing? Collect a paycheck. Uh, look, it's a hard <laughs> job. Yes. Yes. It's, it's a hard job. We all admit that. Do you know sure. what I would do? I would take this big whiteboard. I would write down every single infraction you could make that has to be reviewed by the league. And I would just put an amount of games next to it. And if something was egregious, I would look at it and go. Does that feel absurd to me? And if, if it I was egregious a sliver of doubt in either direction, like egregiously, wow, why are we even doing this? Or egregiously, like, holy shit, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. If I have any sliver of doubt that it's egregious, I just go with the number I wrote on the board that mm-hmm. I've kept on the board all fucking year. Mm-hmm. That is how I would run. And if it's a repeat offender, I just multiply it by like 1.3 or whatever the fuck it is. Like, it's not no, we could really set a standard. It doesn't have to be, but it's guys that want to be in control. It's they want to have that ability to be like, you know what? I feel like this infraction is worth fucking whatever. What it if? just feels it just feels like it just feels like the guy the guy who's running it is the guy who gets to spin the wheel, and that's all he does, all he is. Right? Why isn't it just somebody who has a fucking program and types in sloop foot, non-repeat offender? Okay, that's a fine or a game. Takes a look at the review and goes. 
eh, it's not that bad of one. That's a fine. Yeah. Oh, that's a pretty blatant one that ended someone's season. That's a game. What? <laughs> Why can't we do that? Maybe Marshawn just takes that fucking suspension because Paros is, you know, like a former Canadian and all that shit. But other former Canadians who are doing similar shit are just getting fined. Yeah, mm. that's a uh, that's pretty fair, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> what a good point. I know. Uh, do I think this sinks the season? No. no, but I do want to ask a question. Sure. Who goes on uh, onto the production line? It's got to be Taylor Hall, right? Mm. I kept seeing people say Foligno and I did not understand. I don't, I don't see Foligno. Uh, I love his effort and everything, but I don't, I don't want to see that. Uh, maybe, maybe the answer is Hall. Maybe try to jumpstart him a little bit. Right. Um, that's my thinking. And also it would give us an easy opportunity, a non-questionable opportunity to see Taylor Hall's chemistry with Pasternak develop mm-hmm. perhaps mm-hmm. so there's kind of pluses on both ends of that um right. other guys you can throw into that role that we've seen honestly before would be like a craig smith for that temporary bump up sure i guess um, smith played on the left side with us i don't think i can't so. remember he, he possibly not but i don't know i don't think you're wrong in saying smith you switch him up and just see what he could do over there i think yeah. he's still capable i mean he did um, it in nashville i don't know if he's done it for us in the last year and a half though no, I don't think he's. I don't think he's ever played on the left here. But he has, to, like Thomas said, he did do it in Nashville. So he did everything in Nashville. He played center as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still love Smith. By the way, I know that yep. he hasn't had as good a season, but uh, I think a lot of I still that, think that was a great signing. Yeah, great I think signing. a lot of that is he's just been banged up because on the nights that he's healthy and he's flying, he's he's an engine and he's out there and he's something to watch mm-hmm. and can create. And not for nothing, dude. One of my biggest pet peeves on this fucking team is the passing right now. Craig Smith is one of the only dudes that you see. If he gets some sort of clear shot, that dude's going to take it. And that's all I want to see, dude. I don't care. Like, Ian, you said on the pod a couple weeks ago, I don't care if you miss the net every fucking time. Just let it go. I think you were talking about Pasternak at the time. They Let's took just that do to that, heart. Right? They yeah. took that to heart against Vancouver where yep. they missed the net every fucking time. Yep. But that's okay, dude. If you're shooting, I'm happy. I don't yeah, care, I agree. honestly. I agree. It's, <laughs> it's the passing cross ice shit that I can't stand anymore. With, and this team just does it all day. Looking for looking for like the perfect pass to get an easy goal at the end. Get mm-hmm. a fucking hard goal. That's yeah. all I want. You, you, got, you got one on the tire, on the yep. tying game, yep. tying goal. Yep. You had like eight people in a pile. The goal, the puck somehow did not go in on Pasternak's shot. And then you have Marshawn just being celebrating and then being like, oh shit, that's not in. Mm-hmm. I swear it was. I swear it was. I watched that replay 15 times. It looks like it hits the back corner. I, I don't understand how this, I, it doesn't matter to me. That's also the power play though. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're like, the case, we haven't even talked about these games. I don't, I, I think everyone wants to talk about the other stuff more. Though. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so much news. I mean, we could touch on the games a little bit, but there's it's, I'd rather just draw a couple things out of the games rather than sit here and just break right. them down. Best case scenario for this, uh, this Martian suspension. It's actually a plot by Sweeney. He's got it all up here, right? He is oh going to God. put DeBrusque on that top line. And he's going to tell Bergie and Pasta, like, this guy gets a hat trick. Do everything you can. And the second that that third goal hits the back of the net for DeBrusque, he has Jim Benning on the phone. <laughs> and he's taking him for everything he's got. This is Sweenius. We're getting it done. I'm telling you, man. I'm, I'm, a I'm tagging. Man. This better stay on the pod, and I'm tagging the Don Sweeney on that and just to see what he says. <laughs> 
It's brilliant, man. It's, it's brilliant. A bril- it's brilliant. It is brilliant. Here's I'm going to throw some cold water on it, though, because I have no, a question. Please don't. I need something today. <laughs> I need something. Well, no, go ahead. Here's my question. With this trade request, does DeBrusque play another second with Boston until it happens? Absolutely. Yeah. Think so? Yeah. Yep. I, th- I think he I think he doesn't play substantial minutes, but he's playing. He's playing next week. And you do not care about the injury risk because obviously I'm not asking, I'm not hoping DeBrusque gets injured. Please don't take that from this. But you don't care about the injury risk because his trade value is virtually nothing as it is. Mm-hmm. He's taking right. up a, a roster slot right now. We're 23 out of 23. Someone has to be waived unless you send Swayman down, which you're not obviously not going to do. You're not going to do that. So he's taking up a roster spot. You play him. Mm-hmm. He's better than most of our other options. And plus we're down Marshawn and now bleed. Right. So, which I mean, and, and Marshand, I think still counts during those three games against our, I actually don't know. I think suspensions, you don't get to be like, all right, they're not on the roster so we can bring somebody up, but I'm not really sure about that. I have to double check. I don't think so. I think they're on the roster. I'm not sure. Anyway, but yeah, no, uh, depressed absolutely plays. There's literally no reason in my head, unless you guys can give me a good one to not play. Him. I, I don't have one. And honestly, yeah. I think you need to play him. If Marchand wasn't suspended and Bleed was still in the lineup, mm-hmm. you could maybe make a case to take him out to leave him out for a trade. But um, if you have one on the table, yes, mm-hmm. yes, correct. But I still think his value is already floor. Like I, I don't, his value is as low as it could possibly get, which isn't nothing. His value isn't nothing, but it's as mm-hmm. low as it could get. Right. Um, one Hattie, man. One Hattie, and there's going to be two or three teams that'll do something stupid. I'm telling you. Look, uh, at, you look just, at Seneshin. He got a Hattie uh, like three days ago, and everyone's clamoring for him to come up. Like, we haven't seen Seneshin 14 times. So the well, not for nothing. Time. It's the second of the year. That's true. But outside of those two Hatties, I think he had two goals in 15 games or something he's, like that. He's <laughs> he's literally been a whipping boy for this fan base for a couple of years now, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. I don't See, even want to. You give me the new DeBrusque, just like you, just yeah. like you draw it up. Oh, just uh, like you draw it up. Oh my God. Well, am I being too just... negative? I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm hurting. I'm hurting tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss my boy. Mm-hmm. Andrew, you just brought up Anton Blee. Have you got any updates for us here? Looks like a collarbone and shoulder injury. He's out for the game against, um, against Detroit. Mm-hmm. We don't really have anything. Outside of that, it lo- it doesn't look like it's going to be anything long term, but he's definitely going to miss a couple of games. I'm a little bummed about that because, man, he's showing me something. That goal, the that tying the goal against Vancouver, where he, you know, it was an absolute softy by Halak. One hundred. Okay, good. I'm glad you yeah. said that. Yes, <laughs> but cutting across the slot the way that he did, and just just having just having that wherewithal to turn it into a one on one, and then just snap a shot, you know. That looked like a confident player. And that was the first time I had seen a play like that from Bleed because Bleed's always in the corner. Bleed's always in the corner on the boards, skating, in, but he was skating in open ice and he just shot a shot and it went in. Yeah, he's never been afraid to shoot. You can absolutely say that about Bleed. He never is in position to, but he's never been afraid to give us a chance. <laughs> right. But, yeah, because he's always either in closer, he's in a bad angle, but like him taking the open ice the way that he did is something you don't really see from him very often because he doesn't really have that much speed. He doesn't really have that much foot speed, which is why he's kind of a 4A dude. Yeah. But he's he, he's been sort of a small revelation between him and Zaboral 
um, this year has been a couple of couple of surprises, a couple of positives in like some dreary, dark times right now. Yeah, I would, love, I would love a top six revelation. Wouldn't a top six revelation be fun? It'd be great. It would be wonderful. It'd be fantastic. Well, there's another reason why I want to see Hall on the first line. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I think I think that is the revelation that really needs to happen. Is Hall your official is Hall your official call out for the pod for this week? <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's yeah, all right. right. Let's go. <laughs> let me let me ask you something crazy. It's oh, super crazy. Oh God. <laughs> but say Hall goes up on that top line and Hall finally wakes up. And you know when Marshank comes back, he can drive a line by himself. I know you don't want to split up Bergie and Marchand, but Andrew, do you keep Hall up there for a few games if it's really fucking working and have Marshy fix the second line for you? You kind of have to, right? Wouldn't that be kind of interesting? Now we're getting I ahead mean, of ourselves, but pasta, a switching Pasta and Smith kind of has a has a um, has a ceiling. We haven't tried Marchand and Hall now. This is the perfect opportunity to see if it fucking works. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, Hall, Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand, Coyle, Smith. I think that works. Mm, that sa- that doesn't sound terrible. And but you're splitting up the best duo outside of McDavid and Dreisaitl in this league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the risk you take, though. Oh, I, I feel dirty even saying it, man. I really do. But it's this is kind of out of necessity. This is this is out of necessity now. So we get we actually get to see that it works. Get to see if it works. You know what? That actually that actually really. Oh, Thomas, what do you, you have got to? Well, I mean, truthfully, what you're describing right now is to me the same thing as just dropping pasta down. You know what I mean? Like the idea mm-hmm. of putting pasta down on the second line with uh, with Hall. I would rather see that than than what you guys are describing right now. I agree, but I think the problem I'm having is Coyle and Hall don't don't seem to work. Yeah. That's where I'm having a stoppage is I like Coyle's game this year, but somehow, some way... There's a disconnect for sure. There's a disconnect with Hall. I just... I, I really think that the only other option is to switch the other sides. Well, I mean, is there a disconnect with Hall or is it Hall just hasn't gotten going? I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's what it is. And when Hall turns it on, then it's off to the races for those dudes. But I'm definitely option two on that one. I think I, I, I don't disagree with you fully, Ian, on Hall and Coil being being oil and water right now. But I think Hall can kind of help himself a little more than he has. Yeah, yeah I'll, I will 100% agree with that. Yeah. In what way, though? You got to you got to explain to me this like I'm a child because I like Hall's back check so far this year. I like his speed. I don't love his movement in the offensive zone, so I'll give that point to you. But most facets of his game, I've liked. It's just not he's not working well with his linemates. Well, you I like haven't... you like the hustle plays, but he's a skill player. Yeah, we're not seeing the skill. We're not seeing the finish. That's that's the problem. We're not seeing the skill. We're not seeing the finish. We're not seeing the drive to create his own shot. We're not seeing the movement in the offensive zone, like you said. And also, as as we're you know we're talking about DeBrusque and his issues in the defensive zone, I'm seeing less of that as well. Oh, you think he's going down that same path? Mm-hmm. Okay. I okay. do. Right. So that's what I mean by you got to help yourself too. Like a prime example was the tying goal by Dryden Hunt in the Rangers game. 
Paul is drifting five feet back from Hunt when that rebound comes in. Motherfucker, back check. He was standing there. It's stuff like that. Yeah, that was a bad one. Now, yeah. so what we're talking about right now sounds like panic moves, right? Mm -hmm. it, it sounds like we're freaking out. And Thomas said earlier that we won two games out of three in the week. Why do we feel so shitty? So we have one game left in this month against Detroit. Let's do something dangerous and assume we win that game. Do you consider, and I want to ask Thomas this first because Andrew and I talked a little bit about this. Do you consider this month a successful month, a failed month, or something in between? I don't want to say either way, so I guess I'd say in between, but I think what we, what I consider this month is – this is a wake-up call. This is a wake-up call for this team. There are things on this team that we really like uh, that we learned this, this month can work. Like the fourth line has been a, a definite positive for me. And even with a little bit of a rotation of the guys on that fourth line, we've gotten a little bit of consistency out of them, which is all you could really ask for from the fourth line. Uh, mm -hmm. The wake-up call continues for me with Bergeron. He's had a couple of really good games. He's had some stable, okay games, but for the most part, he's kind of been invisible. I don't know if he's hurt or what his deal is, but it's it's a little scary to me that he hasn't really turned into the big-time Bergeron. Obviously, you score four, four goals one game. It's like, okay, the dude's awake. And then immediately after that, it kind of went on a cold spell. And right. Pasta has been inconsistent. The only, the only player on that line is suspended for three games. Yeah. <laughs> like the only the only guy that I really trust on that line. When Marshawn's on the ice, you just feel like something good can happen. Yeah. And I used to feel like that. I felt like that for oh God, how many years has Bergeron been on the team now? Yeah, I think this is the eighteenth season. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Well over a decade that we've seen him on the ice and we're like, something good can happen right now. Mm -hmm. And sometimes lately it's just I don't know. Those 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 beautiful passes that he somehow always finds uh pass on the back door. They haven't been, there, you know, and they're trying to force shit. And that unfortunately includes Bergeron, where normally I think he's very safe with the puck, very intelligent with the puck. I feel like they're all pushing. And it's, it's really frustrating because this team doesn't need to be pushing in that way. They need to just settle into their game. And I don't think they have. I do think that falls on Cassidy to a point. If the Bruins win tonight against Detroit, they will have entered the month of December on a 104-point pace. But that also means that we have gone a month and a half without a signature win. Your analysis of where we are right now is predicated strictly on that right now. You beat who's in front of you, but you can't beat the higher, the higher echelon of teams right now. So... Your margin of error, in spite of that, has become very thin. I believe this team is a middle six tweak away from something truly special because I think that'll drop everybody down to where they're supposed to be and off to the races we go or a middle four defenseman. Either or. I'll take both. Why not both? As the... Ta as the taco, the little taco child says. 
the little taco child. <laughs> the taco commercial. I get what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> Nobody like, no, like, I don't think this team is in dire straits right now, but there are holes here. I would say if we went tonight, I would give this a successful moniker. I would say it's been a successful month while also acknowledging we still don't have a real signature win. Two things can be true. Well, I think so. I, I agree with you on, on the fact that we don't have a signature win. It's not a failed month. I'll say that. But mm-hmm. these are this month alone. I won't even go through the whole season, but this month, our signature games were Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary, and the Rangers. Mm-hmm. We lost five, two, five, three, four, zero, five, two. That is not only losing to the good teams, but getting fucking wrecked by the good teams. A third period collapse in one of them, two of them, really. Two of them. A complete awful effort against Calgary, the shutout. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Toronto just had their way with us, more or less. This is not, this is, this is not a good month in my eyes. I am glad that we're finally doing that thing. And Thomas, we talked a bunch about this early in the season. We're beating teams we're supposed to beat. We really have only lost one game we probably should have won, which was against Philly earlier in the season. Every other team that we were like absolutely should have beaten, we beat, and some of them beat the brakes off of them. Yeah, and that Philly game is kind of looming large too because, man, Philly's in trouble. Yeah, they're, they're struggling. I but, did feel like the Rangers was a winnable game. and They're a good team. They're, they're a good team, but I, I felt on paper that we were better and we did not play better. The, the no signature win thing is a little bit concerning, but not as concerning as how we seem to sometimes in between those hard games, we seem to play down to an opponent. Mm-hmm. Playing down to uh, Vancouver the other night was unbelievably frustrating for me to mm-hmm. watch that was that the was, most boring game i've watched that was the most boring win i have watched fun to watch we fun. were down by one goal for most of that game and it felt like we were so out of it yeah i've never watched a game like that before now yeah. maybe maybe it was just post thanksgiving blues knowing all of our <laughs> stupid asses we're gonna have to go back to work the next day yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah that was that, i mean that was probably part of it just the 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 post weekend malaise realizing that the rat race begins yet again on Monday, but no, that was the weirdest. That was one of the weirdest wins that uh, Ian bad dub. When's it a dub? like a bad dub. When's a, when's a dub, a dub. It did feel like a bad dub. I will say though, you know, who really didn't look great for most of the game, but did something that I've been longing for all season. Linus. Mark. Yeah. I was just Omar about to ask you guys what your thoughts were. He on. looked like hell the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Rebounds on everything, scrambling. He looked still hurt. He was grimacing when he was standing up after that second goal. I was worried about his health at that point. He makes 36 saves on 38 shots and none bigger than the shorthanded breakaway right before we score the game time yep. goal. Game saving. That yep. is a game saving save five hole, which has been a problem for him. That is a confidence builder. Uh, we have not gotten we have not gotten the game saving save from either of these goalies any game before that. Mm-hmm. The one that keeps us in a losing effort. That is a huge moment for that do you, goalie. Do you start him tonight? 
Yes. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. I start him again. I want him to continue to get back into it from missing about a week. He had a shaky start, but the finish to that game was everything he needed. You can't let that go to waste. You have to let him build on that. Swayman is Mr. Consistent. Swayman can sit for a game or two. I'm not worried about that. Mm-hmm. Well, my problem with Swayman is that he hasn't been able to, that, that he has had to play a couple of response games in the early going mm-hmm. where he has a bad game and then you bring him back. It's like, oh, that was a good response game. That was a fantastic response game. I'm tired of him having to play response games. Like That was Halak's last season with us too. Absolutely. 100% it was Halak. Um, but... He he looked he did what what the what the fuck was him going going behind the net and just falling? What was that? Oh, Omar just eating shit behind the yeah. Net. What was that? What happened? That's honestly that triggered like another thirty minutes of him just being shaky as hell. Like he just didn't look right. he almost looked like he had the flu or something. Like he mm-hmm. just he looked he looked uneasy. He looked pale. Michael mm-hmm. Jordan flu game. Yeah, <laughs> it was this Michael Jordan flu game in the regular season, seventeen mm-hmm. games in or whatever. And also that that for <laughs> there is there was. No excuse for that first goal that he gave up. No, no. no. And I didn't like that, the second either. No. I, well, I mean, the second, the second one I can all, all understand, but the first one, oh my God, the puck is fucking sitting there right in the crease. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. The first first one is inexcusable. Mm-hmm. Second one you can make an excuse for because he was screened. Yeah. I control. And Zaboral just gave the puck up in the slot yeah. for funsies. Yeah. I don't know. But I will, I I will say because of, because of the shakiness from the start, the falling, the terrible first goal. He caught way more flack last night than he probably deserved because the end of end story, he got the W, two goals against, mm-hmm. big time save. I didn't really have a lot to complain about with him. I I definitely I definitely was not happy with the way the game started with him, but it doesn't matter how the game starts as long as it finishes right. And ultimately, did we get the win? Yeah. Does it feel great? No, it's probably the worst feeling W we've had in three, four years. However, I feel a lot better about it if we can win tonight in convincing fashion against Detroit. Against a team that we have convincingly beat earlier this season. Yes. And also Detroit's better this year. They, they are, are better. Way they more are better this year. We beat their doors off earlier, so we can do it again. Yep. Also, you guys, do you want to do you want to get a, have a big a big reason as to why Vancouver is six fourteen and two this year? Why don't you guys take a guess on who was the lowest time on ice five on five Ford for the Canucks last night? Peterson, Elias Peterson, eight yeah. minutes and ten seconds. No How shit. the fuck do you do that? <laughs> well, is he that bad? Trent Green is trying to get fired. <laughs> I mean, but he, I, I'm very confused by that. Again, sorry, Vancouver. I don't watch a ton of your games. This is shocking, I know, but. I I don't know how you keep that guy on the bench for fucking what fifty two minutes then fifty one minutes yes this team well no oh, five on five he did get power oh okay like five on five among Fords he had the lowest time on ice jeez how many guys did Tucker Pullman get <laughs> I I did not look at that. I'm willing to bet it was over twenty minutes because Jack said his name an awful lot. Uh, is anyone looking forward to Jack absolutely destroying the Department of Player Safety? I'm watching tonight. I'm here. Yeah, it's gonna be awful. It's gonna be yeah. terrible. Can't can't do it. 
Guys, I, I want to actually ask you, I've, I haven't done this before, but I think it's a good opportunity to do it, mostly mm. because I think we need to end this, this episode mostly on a high note, or at least a positive fucking finish, you know? Give me your MVP of the week. Andrew, I'll let you start. Who's your MVP of the week? Oh, God. Um, shit, it's got to be Marshawn, right? Just carrying that team to a, that team to a victory. MVP this week, I'd say, I'd say it's Marchand with a honorable mention to Jakob Zaboral continuing to just be really fucking solid. Mm-hmm. Granted, that second goal wasn't great against Vancouver, but he's been very, very good. Well, I appreciate you taking the easy answer and then also squashing my answer uh, at the same time. Uh, yes. <laughs> Ian, what do you got, brother? I am going to go, I'm going to go with Coyle. I think he's been very quietly doing everything he can to make the right plays. Uh, let's be honest. It would be Marchand if it wasn't Coyle. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I wish I had that answer available to me, but I don't. I think Coyle's been really good. And it's a bummer that there's been this disconnect that we've talked about. I'm not going to get back into it, but I, I really am happy with what he's been doing. And I think this week he showed that that huge snipe in the Buffalo game, um, a really solid game against the Rangers, in, even though we got fucking shellacked. I feel good about him leading that second line. I, I hope they work out the kinks. Mm-hmm. I want to say Zaboro, obviously he did have that one awful play, but Considering the playing time that he's getting now, considering his ability to move the puck forward, he's been a pleasure to watch, and he's maybe the best story that this team has right now from a positive uh, positivity standpoint. He was uh, double shifting in the third period of was. the whole game. Yeah, but which is great because that all that means is wow, Cassidy is looking at a young player and giving him a fucking chance. What I the love, fuck? You gotta love to see it. When he, <laughs> if he gets behind the youngsters, this is what can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give honorable mention to the goaltending. I thought just uh, Ian said off camera, uh, Omark was quietly really good in the Vancouver game. He started real slow. He started real shaky. I, I didn't feel good about him, but the end result was positive. Uh, mm-hmm. Additionally, I thought Sway in the Buffalo game was fantastic. His, the one goal he get, uh, let up was fucking terrible. And then he shut it down for the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. Granted, it's against Buffalo, but you need to win those games. The the games that you need to win, you need to go out and lay it. Like, just lay it down. Fucking Mm -hmm. dominate. I don't want to see any close games against bad teams. Mm -hmm. So tonight, I don't want to see a close game. I want to see another fucking blowout against Detroit. That said, let's get into predictions. So we're starting with Detroit tonight, 7 o'clock. Ian, who you got? So I've got us, obviously, uh, but I'm terrified of Lucas Raymond. So they're going to score a couple of goals on us. It's going to be a 4-3 dub for the boys. Um, A, thank you. You stole my score. Hey, I, every single week I get one of you with that. Every mm. single week. It's been Thomas two weeks in a row. Welcome to it, Andrew. <laughs> ah, I hate it. Um, so... I too am terrified of Lucas Raymond and Dylan Larkin and Maurice Sider. God, they have a lot of good players, don't they? <laughs> Geyser plan. The Geyser plan's coming to fruition right now, but it's still a year away. Um, since 
Ian just wholesale yoinked my score prediction. I'm going to sort of change it up and give it 4-3 overtime win. Yes, that's correct. So it's going to be a 4-3 overtime win for our boys. Who's scoring those four goals? That's my question. If we don't Ooh. have Marshawn tonight, which, which we don't, I don't know if I see four goals with the way that the rest of this team is playing. Taylor Hall's got up. two of them. Zaboral's got two yeah. of them easy. What are you talking about? You take it. You, Zaboral, that's, that's your... Uh, that's your tiebreaker you know, right yeah, there. Zaboral is getting two <laughs> goals tonight. I respect oh, that, man. and I would love to see it. I would love, if, even though you're if, leading in our standings right now, I would love to see it. He's going to get benched. Right <laughs> <But> <laughs> we don't even, we're not even sure if he's playing or not tonight. <laughs> but if, if he gets two goals tonight, you automatically win this week. <laughs> but I'm taking 3-1. Mm-hmm. And I and honestly, oh, I don't so you're going to hit one more goal than us. I think one of them is going to be an empty netter type situation. Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be there's going to be a, an easy goal for us. Yeah. No more tight games. Here's a tight game. <laughs> yep. I don't yep. want to see a tight game, but I don't know, man. Our best playmaker, our best player, period. Mm-hmm. Future Hall of Famer Brad Marchand is not in the lineup. So yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah, then we buddy. move on to Thursday. Mm-hmm. We are in Smashville. Another example of how Andrew fucked his whole vacation up by doing it a week and a half early. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, my two teams are going at it. <laughs> but our first game of uh, December, starting a new month. Mm-hmm. Where are you at with that, Andrew? Uh, so this is on the road. I don't see. I, I don't see a dub here. Um, I actually see a three-one loss. Um, I think this is the kind of game that the loss of Marchand will affect them the most. So yeah, three, one loss. Well, that's gross mm-hmm. because it's actually going to be a four, two dub. That's right. Back to back four spots <laughs> without Marchand. I I don't know who's going to be a net for the Preds, but even if it is juice, I don't give a shit. That's a big old dub and cheese four, two. So uh, when does uh, when does Taylor, which of these two games does Taylor Hall get the hat trick? <laughs> Debrusque is getting the hat trick in this one. Oh, is this the one where is this the one where Debrusque gets the hat trick and yeah, then God, I, I've made a Jim. Are you fucking watching this? <laughs> <laughs> this is why we need to clip this shit so you can just put me on blast on Twitter. <laughs> Look at this hat trick, Elias Pettersson. Let's go. <laughs> Debrusque gets a hat trick. He picks a cowboy hat and a catfish off the ice. And skates off into the sunset, never to be seen in Boston again. <laughs> never to be I seen, would, yet he fucking retires. <laughs> I just need one really good photo of that. I just need yep. one really good photo. I'd hang it on my wall. <laughs> it would Double be a t-shirt. Fit. It would Double definitely fit. be a t-shirt. He's, <laughs> got, no, t-shirt. he's got a cowboy hat on, he's got the catfish on his arm, and then he's double-fisting sleeves of Oreos. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Thomas, what do you got? Predators are a 500 team. Their last 10 is basically 500, 5, 4, and 1. Mm-hmm. They're just, just as up and down as, as we're thinking that the, the Bruins are. The Bruins are a better team. The Bruins win 4-1. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Who's scoring those four goals if Marshan's not in? That's the beautiful thing about it. It's going to be the kids. It's going to be all kids. All kids. Okay. Okay. If you count Howla as a kid, he's one of those goals. Okay. Okay. Revenge game. Love it's, it. It's got to be. It's got to be one of those type of games. Um, Howla, 
Freddy, Zaboral, and then uh, what the hell? Pasta gets an empty netter. All right, Thomas. I don't. I don't even want to talk about this game. Lightning. We're home for the lightning. I'm not going to watch that game. So <laughs> I just don't want to see it anymore. We're home versus the lightning. Lightning are good again. Still have one of the best goaltenders in the league. That's our loss for the week. We're going to end the fucking week on a stupid ass loss. It's going to piss me off until Monday night football. I think we lose five, two. Ooh, another big loss to a good team. Yeah. hate to see it. Yeah. I think this is the one where we stop the Schneid. 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 Um, Rio Shuddy. Allmark gets it. I just don't have it in me to, to do Shuddies after last week. I just. <laughs> I warned all of us, and yes. I still went for a Shuddy. You know <laughs> what? Andrew had two. Yeah. And nothing worked out last week. Nothing yeah. did, even though we won two of the games. I uh, know, dude. <laughs> a Shuddy against a. We've won five of seven. What is happening? <laughs> I know. But hey, look. We talk about how the fan base doesn't feel good. None of us feel good either no. right now about this team. No, we're all like, guilty. This fan, like, right. we're part of this fan base. We're not. We're nothing special. We we have the same feelings. Some of us are just a little bit less willing to just jump off a bridge with the tiniest, <laughs> the tiniest sure. inconvenience. But well, speaking of jumping off the bridge, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up one fan base that probably is dancing in the streets after wanting to jump off a bridge all season. A couple weeks ago, we had my buddy Chris Searle on and he fucking called it and he manifested it. And Sunday it happened. Mark Bergevin is dead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, my score for the lightning game was 3-2 overtime loss. Thanks for asking, everybody. All right. <laughs> fired. Yeah, go on, Andrew. No, no, I, 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 I jumped the gun a little bit. No, I apologize, no, that's, funny. that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped the gun a little bit, but man, we got to... You want to end this on a positive note? What a mess. Jeff Molson tells Scott Mellenby that he's in line to be promoted, that they're looking for a replacement, says, no, just kidding. Mellenby resigns. Bergerman goes, what the fuck? You're interviewing replacements? Yeah. And then the next day he gets fired. It happened in such like a, a Canadian's way. <laughs> it makes you feel better, doesn't it? It does. Like it's like... I'm mad that they fired him because I wanted to see him stick around and fuck the team up a little bit more. Yeah. But the way that they did it was so incredibly on brand for how they've just run this organization for the last year, basically since the off season. But mm -hmm. they're six fifteen and two at this point. I honestly think them firing Bergevin is their first W of the year. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Yes. 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 So yeah. congrats, Habs fans, you fucking sons of bitches. Mm -hmm. Now now you're on the upswing again. Yeah. Well, I'm only rooting for Searle on this yep. one. Basically. Yep. I just I I just couldn't believe it. The like the 24-hour news cycle was just so unbelievable. It was like it was poetry. When Why I today? saw Yeah. Like everything happened today. Why today? What is talking about today? Yep. <laughs> when, when I saw the news pop up, the uh Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song immediately popped into my head like <laughs> Just like it's, it's 
that team up there is just pure comedy at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sad because that's probably going to end if they hire, you know, someone who knows what they're doing. Well, I think they already did that. Did, did that. Um, no, they, they don't have a GM, but it looks like the GM is just going to be a glorified um, PR guy. And that's they do I, need a PR guy really badly. Yeah, they fired him too. Yeah, no, <laughs> I saw that. I, my biggest shock of all of that was wait, the PR guy still had a job after this offseason? Yeah, dude. <laughs> after that draft. <laughs> after the draft, and then after the letter and everything about oh my gosh, there was so much this offseason where I would have gone, you know what? We could use a change in this department. <laughs> And it's just, it's just another, it's just another thing of not one of you, like in just talking to the Habs organization at large, like not one of you had the balls, the balls, the balls to just pull your hand up and be like for two seconds. Hey guys, can we not? That's probably why he still had a job is because he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) He he knew if he did, he would just have lost his job and they would have made the pick. Oh, my God. Just Uh, just beautiful. Just seeing how it unfolded was absolutely beautiful. And then it happened. And their first dub of the year, they hired Jeff Gordon. What you think about that, your mileage may vary wildly. Um, Good for them. Yeah, but man, talk about going from point A to point Q when all you needed to do was go to point B. What are you more excited about reading mm-hmm. Jake DeBrus shit all morning or getting this W tonight against Detroit? I can't stand how many times I'm going to read DeBust. It's not clever. It's never been clever. No, no, no it isn't. It pretty, isn't. Good chance, <laughs> pretty good chance that we post this show, put it out on Twitter. And I delete the app until seven o'clock tonight. I respect it. Yeah. I respect that. <laughs> Account deactivated. Fuck it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <Just>, yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is gonna be a great dub. I feel it in my bones. I'm pumped. And that we, we this we need to get back to just enjoying hockey. Yeah. This Taylor Hall stressful. scores two on the top line. Let's fucking do it. Let's go hockey. Do it. Yeah. Stamps it. No races. It's All recorded. Right, it's yeah. recorded now. And now it's just going to slowly float into the podcast apps. <laughs> yep. That's how that works. <laughs> it's, I went to school once. <laughs> <laughs> once. All right, boys. Enjoy the game tonight. Well, bit, yeah, man. buddy. Go bees. Go bees. Of that is getting cut. All probably, probably all of that. <laughs> <laughs>